0: You're
1: listening to Adopt Perspective, a podcast for anyone affected by adoption. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Sparrow. This podcast is a production of Jigsaw Queensland Post Adoption Support Service. However, the views expressed are those of the people participating, not necessarily Jigsaw Queensland. The
0: podcast discusses adult themes, and listener discretion is advised. This is Jane, and today I will be speaking to Kath Mundy and Jay Turner, known together as Mundy Turner. They are a singer-songwriting duo. In late 2019, Jigsaw Queensland approached Jay and Kath about the possibility of them meeting with individuals affected by forced adoption for the purpose of writing a song to represent this experience. The idea was for the song to be performed at the 2020 seventh anniversary of the National Apology for Past Forced Adoption Practices in Australia. Jay and Kath had previously engaged in a similar process with forgotten Australians and former child migrants. When I attended a 2019 Remembrance Day event for that group, I heard this song performed by Kath and Jay. Along with a choir, which, which included individuals who were forgotten Australians and former child migrants. It was an extremely moving and absolutely beautiful performance. Let's have a listen to the song, Have You Forgotten Me? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Approaching Kath and Jay, they went away and researched forced adoption before agreeing to participate in a new songwriting process with Jigsaw and with our client and stakeholder groups. Welcome to the podcast, Kath J.
2: Hello,
0: thank you, Jay. Good To be here, <laughs> it is it's very good to see. You. So, Kath and Jay, before we get into talking about the songwriting process in relation to forced adoption. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little more about your background and how you came to be involved in this type of work. Sure. sure. Well,
3: um, well, uh, we were both performers uh, in our separate rights. Um, I was a solo performer. Um, Catherine was in a a trio uh, of a cappella singers, Uh, but we were both songwriters. So um, when we got together, that was the process that we carried on with... um, Writing, original,
4: songwriting, original songwriting and yeah, performance,
3: um, and performing together, which we did for about I don't know twelve years or something like that before we had a child, and we actually had to stop uh, touring and mm-hmm. performing. Um, so well, we
4: didn't stop performing completely, but we did have to stop international touring. No, exactly. <laughs> that was really yeah. So we, at that point, we were living in the UK when yep. our son was born, and we wow. moved back to Australia with a whole new life ahead of us what it was going to be we didn't didn't know know. (laughs) because we thought we're touring artists what are we going to do we were sort of we would put off having a child for that because of that very question we couldn't answer it so in the end we just went we can't answer this question we just have to do it and let let things just unfold.
3: Wow. Be, re, the answer and was it, that you actually can't do yeah, it. So that was. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> well, um, Kath had always wanted to, uh, she, she'd harboured this, uh, this wish to, to conduct choirs, and she'd never really yeah, had a chance to do Yeah, um, we'd always lo-
4: been, we'd love running workshops with yeah. people, so if yeah. we'd go to a festival to perform, we'd yeah. often yeah. run a vocal workshop, and we'd get 70 people come along, and we'd yeah. teach them to sing harmonies, and then they'd get on stage with us, mm-hmm. and we just always yeah. loved involving always people in, in singing with us. So I said, I really want to start a community choir where we're now living. That's how we'll get to know our community and how our community will get to know us. Yep. And we are living down in Logan at this point, and we still are in the same house. So we started a community choir called Freedom Train.
3: So we, we did that, and um, and through that, I mean, one, one of the first few performances we did was, uh, mm. in fact, we were invited to to participate in uh, the Forgotten Australia's and former child migrants uh, anniversary National of, the, Apology. of the National yeah. Apology. Um, and as a result of that, some of those actually joined the choir, which mm. was just those amazing. people yeah. joined the choir. Um, but of course, then we got to know them. We got to know their stories. Um, one of our choir members, Mick Davis, um, he, he's an extraordinary man in his own right, he um, actually wrote a, a poem uh, about some of the experiences that those, those folks had had, uh, that he'd heard about through their con- the contact with them. And he came to me and he said, do you think that you could make this into a song? And I said, well, I think I can use it as an inspiration. Uh, for a song, so we sp- springboarded a song off of that, and the next year, uh, Kath and I went along and we performed it for so, the next anniversary.
4: So, the first time we had ever heard of mm-hmm. a national apology for two yep. forgotten Australians and former child migrants was when we were invited to perform yeah. at their fifth anniversary yep. event. So, this was organised by Lotus Place, yep. uh, Micro Projects and we had no idea this was the start of our education because yeah. we did not know anything about we knew the stolen generation yeah. apology but we didn't know about this apology yeah and um, i was quite amazed and, and most
3: people think that they're they are actually the same thing they most think most it's the think same it's thing the stolen generation so it was really <laughs> an education to actually hear about a totally separate Set of, uh, of of people who had been disadvantaged in this way, and then the government had actually recognised that not mm. on it, of its own accord; it had been you know decades
4: of, of advocacy absolutely. by by the affected people. Yeah. So we were blown away, absolutely yeah. blown away by this. And then, of course, we wrote the song, but um, based off the springboarded from the lovely Mick um, his poem. And at the sixth anniversary event, we were invited back, and the poem was performed mm-hmm. and we performed the song in a very raw form because yeah. it had only just been finished. In fact,
3: I actually finished it that evening. Because, yeah. Um, oh. I, you, you're probably aware of this yourself, but um, when, when people have been in situations where they've not had control over their lives, quite often they're very, um, they're very they have an attitude about people telling them. Uh, what they should do, or telling them how uh, what they what they should say. Um, and so. I was very <laughs> yes. very aware of this. And one of the one of the sections of the song, and there's a mid section to the song, and I had two different versions of that mid section. And I went up to one of the ladies who I knew was the most vocal mm-hmm. um, of uh, of that group uh, about her rights and about her, uh, people's attitudes and, and how people approached them. Um, and I said to her, "Look, I've got these two uh, different. different versions of the thing, and I said, mm. I'll, I'll, give, "I'll show you the both of them. Tell me which one you think is the most apt." And she and I said, "One of them's more confronting than the other." And she said, "Yeah, that's the one."
4: Yeah, <laughs> <So, laughs> so, she wanted the more confronting one. Yeah. I so think because was, she wanted the truth to be told. Yeah. And yes. no holds yeah. barred.
3: So I, I became really aware through that process mm. that not only do these folks want their story to be heard, they want a voice. But not only that, you have to be pinpoint accurate about the historical nature of it and also about how they actually feel. You've got to represent them and that's a really big responsibility. It's a
4: huge responsibility. So we felt very nervous when we first were singing it for them but we were really just so grateful that they were very honest in their feedback and that on the whole, they loved it. It was just a couple of little tweaky, tweaky moments. So with that feedback, we then performed it for the very first time at the sixth anniversary. And then the seventh anniversary, we went back with a music video of the song launched at that event. And then we performed it with the with one voice, Brisbane choir and the Lotus place voices, on stage together and then for the encore we actually invited anyone from the audience to just come up and join us and so those those two videos there's one of the first version um, and then the the encore version where just about everyone was on stage there was no one in the audience
5: and I think um,
4: that's the
0: event I was at if I remember correctly and it was just brilliant and and Trevor and I were there and um, sort of just, well, like this, what well, we need to do. We need to get on <laughs> in with this as well, which kind of um, links into my next question because mm. you've, you've mentioned that issue of government apologies. Mm. And I'm wondering what your initial reaction was when we did contact you to be involved in a songwriting process about forced adoption because I know you then went away and
4: researched forced adoption.
3: Yeah, because yet again, another government we, apology. So we it. <laughs> No, absolutely no knowledge of.
4: I didn't know yeah. about this one. I was just amazed. Oh, and how many apologies yeah, has this know, government had to make?
3: We start, we're looking at, looking at making an album, you know. <laughs>
4: The Apology the album. Apology album. I think we're yeah. sorry. Um, but yeah. we,
3: we went away and, 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 and researched it. And uh, actually, the, the Julia Gillard, I think, Apology, um, I, I thought was absolutely beautiful.
4: Oh, it she made really, me cry.
3: She really nailed it. <laughs> me and, too, um, I, uh, I agree. It's one, one of the great moments in, uh, in Australian politics, I think. And so we were, we were very happy with the idea of getting involved. I think that we probably... Um, thought that it was going to be, oh, yeah, this is going to be similar to the Forgotten mm-hmm. Australians project, and, you know, we've already got experience in that, so yeah, we, we can do this, you know, so that was kind of our approach to it. Yeah. Um, and...
4: But we it were, was a different process. It was a different It was process. much more structured and less mm-hmm. organic for a start because yeah. we didn't, we weren't commissioned to write that song. We were commissioned to make a music video of it, but okay. but that song actually just came out as an right. offer. Yeah. Oh, Mick's written a poem. He's I'm wondering if we could write a song. Oh, yeah, let's write a song. Oh, here it is. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, we like it. So this
3: is this was going to be slightly... It was much
4: more yeah we're asking we're asking, you. We're asking yeah. you and this is going to be formal and we're yeah. going to sit down in a formal room yep. with with people with the lived experience of either losing their children to forced adoption or being those children exactly and yeah. that that was different
3: yeah, it's definitely that's definitely right. and uh mm. we just we you know relished the uh, the idea of the um the responsibility of it, um, we felt it was
4: terrifying, actually, but also you know good to get your teeth I think, into. I think
3: because we ha- had previous experience um, yeah. with the with the the other um, apology and the song that we came. Uh, I think I felt that I got uh, enough experience to be able to do something that was um, evolved and that was sensitive, um, and that could hopefully. Uh, Work to the remit uh, that was actually totally separate. It was actually a totally separate remit to the ones uh, for the uh, for the forgotten Australians.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I was lucky enough to be in that uh, in the two workshops that we had. I think we had one, and then and then you the, went the away. Follow up, yeah. the Follow up. So in that first workshop, I mm-hmm. just wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about what that was like to sit in that room. And hear
4: those stories yeah it was it was scary I'm, I'm gonna be honest um, because I really wanted people to feel comfortable mm. to share their stories honestly with us who were two strangers so I'm like oh gosh yeah how is this how is this gonna work we're not sure until we're in the room um, so I'd written out a plan and mm-hmm. activities, but. I also knew that we were going to have to go with the flow with whatever happened. Um, And I didn't know whether people would. Would open up to us. Yeah.
3: In fact, in the event they they were very forthcoming. They did. Very very trusting. Um, I mean, we we did a, a, a few sort of exercises to basically they're, they're drama exercises really, mm-hmm. to, but they're more aimed at getting people in the room. Yeah. You know, for, get to, to enrol them into the yeah. whole process. Um, but once mm. they were enrolled, they were amazingly forthcoming and very yeah. brave. Um, and and we, the we stories
4: just, just started to flow. Yeah. 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 So,
3: um, and, I remember they, one of the Exercises
4: was was to um, sort of like a show and tell with a part of your body yeah, which, which sounds that. a bit weird but you know, um, this is my earlobe Yeah, and I had this earlobe pierced when I was 7 years old and I remember that I was really scared when I saw the needle and I wanted to change my mind but I decided I'd still go ahead <laughs> with it so you know, it's little yeah. stories like yeah. that that come out of something simple like here's my earlobe yeah. and I couldn't believe it the stories that came out oh. about hair I know. hair was a really interesting Same. one, so yeah. that, that brought out other people's stories. So when one person heard one other's story, they'd go, oh, I have an experience that reminds me of that. It became
3: really organic. Very organic. Um, And the whole thing flowed. And I I was sitting there with my pad you know, mm-hmm. trying to write down right. yep. phrases and that sort of thing. Because I, and as soon as I saw this happening, I thought, right, I've got to get at this. And I was, yeah. And yeah. I was literally writing non-stop, trying to engage with people, but at the same time, getting down. So I was these, sort
4: of doing more the engagement, yeah. And, the, yeah. and Jay was like scribing, Frantic-y scribing, writing. scribing.
3: <laughs> because I knew that was here was the you
2: know, gold. Here was yeah. the
3: meat in the sandwich. Yeah. Mm, you know, yeah. it was there was the real core of what we were getting was people's honest. Stories, people's yep. honest emotions about those stories. Um, and it was
4: very emotional, and we felt incredibly privileged, privileged to be trusted yeah. with yeah. those stories. And I
0: have to say, you both did a very good job um, because you both shared a couple of little snippets of things from your life, yeah. that I think helped people, even though they weren't necessarily direct adoption experiences, they were along those themes of loss, which mm-hmm. everybody, yeah, had, most people have. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that was powerful. There's so much I want to say in response to what you've just said, <laughs> but another point I'll just pick up on, because actually just in our previous podcast episode, uh, Jo interviewed uh, an author who's an adopted person about a book she's written, which includes her personal story, but also healing. And one of the points she makes, it's called Ten Foundations of a Meaningful Life. Mm. And one point she makes is about you can only heal in direct experience, not when you're sort of in your head thinking about the past, thinking about the future. So I think being in that room, that's exactly why it was so powerful, both in the songwriting workshop and in the rehearsals, which we'll get to in a minute. I
2: think people were in the moment, yeah, I think it,
3: For me, it actually yeah. felt like their that that workshop was a part of their healing yeah. process, um, and it was amazing to be part mm. of it. It was very emotional. Um, I felt very affected by it. In fact, I don't think I don't think I really got over that particular workshop
4: i'm feeling emotional talking about oh. it now because yeah. <laughs> it's over a year ago yeah. now that's
3: right <laughs> it was uh, be- because that uh, the people's stories were so powerful yeah uh, but what also came across was that there that forced adoption um has so many facets and it mm. has so many almost conflicting uh Responses mm. um, from people, mm, who are, who are, you know, who are not only not only mm-hmm. uh, those who were forced into adopting, uh, sending their children away, the children who were sent away, the people whose families were around them, um, how they were affected, where, yeah. you know, where the child went, the adopted family or the adopting family, and there were just so many facets, yeah. to so it.
4: many layers and levels yes. and angles. Exactly. There were so many different perspectives, and that's, that that formed the biggest challenge. I know, and that's my next question: is how
0: did you go about writing the song, writing the lyrics? Because I, after we walked out of that workshop, I felt a bit bad for you. I thought, I don't know how <laughs> this is uh, possible into a song. So I'm wondering.
3: I, I, well, I think what I did was I, I went away um, with all the things that I'd written down. And I just started to put them together and and try and put them in a lyrical way. Uh, And I I started, you know, i just pick up the guitar and sort of start playing away and see if I can come up with some uh, melodic ideas. And if you've got the melodic idea, then you've got to get all the scansion right for all the the, the words. And I think that in fact that mostly uh, within the first day, I had put together all of the verses and I put together the idea of the chorus, But then I started to realise that a chorus is something that actually is the the soul of the song. It's where everybody meets. It's that place where everybody agrees. Uh, It's something that they can recognise, that they can carry with them as a trigger for the other stories. The stories are great, but you need the chorus to actually break it up. Um, And um, when I came to the chorus, I just sort of Went well. How am I going to get a chorus that is going to represent so many points of view? Mm. I can. The only way you can do that is to make it more generic. But if you make it generic, then you start to get into the uh, realm of vague, mm. and you couldn't do that. So. The chorus was actually more of a challenge that was the than anything else.
4: Part. Yeah. We yeah. reworked the chorus so many
3: times. I think I actually went through 19 <laughs> yeah. drafts of that, and you guys were so helpful because I, so, I was. In actually,
4: January a year ago, we were sending <laughs> you drafts, That's right. and you guys were coming back with your feedback, which was totally invaluable. And yeah, then we would just keep working back. and working and working, and sleepless nights. Oh my goodness!
3: <laughs> well, but that, you know, I, when you're writing a song. <laughs> I mean, unless it comes to you just like that. And it, yeah. some, some songs come in 20 minutes um, and that's fantastic. Some just take work and you don't stop working on it mentally. So, you know, your mm-hmm. mental process is, is going on whilst you're conscious. Then you go to sleep.
6: Oh, still, <laughs> but there. It's still there. Still there.
3: <laughs> and you wake up, hopefully with a, a result. Um, we were taking it into not. our
4: social situations yeah. even because we've got some friends yeah. who were adopted, yeah. and so I said, "Look, would you give us your opinion? Can we play this song mm-hmm. to you?" And I'd play them a recording yeah. of what we had, and then she'd go, mm-hmm. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> maybe not that, maybe yeah. this," and um, so it was it was difficult because I thought, "How are we going to settle on something yeah. that will represent every different point of view as well as possible?"
2: Yeah, and
0: was, I, yeah. I remember the first time I. I heard it, I thought it did. I thought you'd done an amazing job because, as you say, I think it was the verses uh, that captured different perspectives. Mm. Um, but my first um, feeling was there was the word broken in there, yeah. That's right. And I just, more from a professional angle than a personal one, I thought, no, um, we can't have something that's going to leave people with that feeling, yeah. So then we came back to you with
4: that,
3: yeah. That I mean And the word was then
4: changed to a few different words. That's right, it mm -hmm. did. Tried a few different other words.
3: Being in that room with those people telling their stories, every one of them said to me in one way or another The, the, at a certain point in my life, I have been broken by this. Yeah. So I thought, okay, that's and a shared trust experience. Had
4: been broken the broken So much had been broken. That's
3: right. The problem with that is mm-hmm. that that then, if you if you use that word, that becomes then a representative of the situation they're in now, which wasn't necessarily the truth. Which was the feedback that you gave us, which was yeah. just again, it was just and so if it been important. Been
4: used as an adjective in one of the verses to describe mm-hmm. something, but because it was in the chorus, I think. That's and, it just felt like it was thematic yeah. Yeah. and it was the wrong the wrong direction for the theme
3: you want it you want to be positive you you don't mm. want the, you know that yes you're dealing with a subject matter that is immensely uh, deep and sometimes very, very sad, often often heartbreaking. Uh, at the same time, you don't want the song to be <laughs> the outcome of it to everybody who listens to it wants to go away and
2: f- <laughs> finish themselves so well. off, you know. Great.
3: So um, <laughs> the, the idea is to, uh, is to try to gener- generate some hope within the, the situation that that they're on a, a journey of, of healing and that at some point or another... That we um,
4: all are on a journey mm-hmm. of yeah. healing.
3: Which we all are. All
4: humans have, yeah, yeah. So have it, aspects all, that all we all need that feedback
3: was, was just absolutely great. But as I say, I think I did 19 drafts of the Holy chorus. Dolly. Um But I, I couldn't... <laughs> I, cer- there was a certain point where I, I couldn't let it go. I had to get it right, yes. you know. <laughs> Um,
0: Determined! Which is a great quality, and it's interesting you mentioned the word hope because I think that's something that came up that we just were all saying we want it to capture the pain but we also want there to be hope. So in the end... um, Hoping was the word. The word was hoping. So
4: broken was replaced with hoping, which I just love. we're all doing as well. I I I love it. I love it, I love it. And it was beautiful to sing it. Yes. Beautiful to sing that word. Yeah. Um, It wasn't mincing the issue. It wasn't trying to shy away from the truth of the issue. Exactly. Because we do all hold hope, and I think we must hold hope.
2: Exactly. But
3: the the important thing about the whole process is that um, people want to be heard they want to have Mm -hmm. a voice especially when they've been disadvantaged in this way so deeply and it was important that they had a voice at the same time giving their story but at the same time saying this hasn't defeated me exactly you know
0: and again uh, the words you've just used now are also reflected in the song because The theme of having a voice, um, that's in there as well. One of the last phrases is about, I think... It's been a while since I listened to it. Um, love, keep, love has a voice, and I'll keep that
3: is speaking. I'll keep
0: repeating. Yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep speaking. speaking. Yeah, I'll
3: keep asking. I'll keep um, searching. Uh, I'll keep speaking.
0: Yeah. Mm. So.
3: And the last word really of the song bad. is "I'll keep speaking," which I love. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was deliberate because yeah. uh, it, that know, came
4: out out of the second workshop. So yeah, basically we about
0: January 2020, so a year yep. ago. That was when you came back. So we, um, some of us at Jigsaw, including myself, we'd given you our bit of feedback, I think by that point, hoping
2: within yeah, we'll there, yep.
0: and you, you then presented that to the original workshop participants, yes. um, and as you say, that did lead to some more tweaks, but how was that experience for you? Presenting us song again,
4: it was scary. Yeah, <laughs> because now we had to show, you know, our turn to show and tell. Yeah, <laughs> we this had is, to. This is
3: my baby. Please don't call it a monkey. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it was our baby, but it was their baby. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, really, really difficult. Um. What if they hated it? That's that's mm. our that was our biggest fear. Yeah. What if they hated it? But
3: they were very kind. They were
4: so <laughs> lovely, and and we that we just had a few t- a few little yeah. tweaks i think yeah. there was just a couple of little massaging yeah. of, of, of a perspective on one yeah. line and then the adding of the I'll keep speaking at the end yeah. we did already have that line but the repetition of it yeah. was something we decided on as a group which yeah. was so lovely i yeah. just so love that process because i think we talked about with
0: speaking that's again bringing back to the theme that's how we got an apology was people speaking, speaking.
3: yeah exactly um, and not and stopping it was the same. Yeah. Never it been was the same thing for the Forgotten Australians. Exactly. They had to keep speaking their truth yes. until somebody was forced to listen. Exactly. And
4: then once yeah. one apology happened, mm-hmm. I think the first one was... The was the Indigenous, our Stolen Generation... Yes, yeah, so once one apology happened, there's a precedent, isn't there? Exactly. And, and you yep. just have to keep pushing towards that's that right. until you get the result. And of course, it doesn't end with a national yeah, apology. That's, that's right. just the beginning. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then it's
0: continuing to speak and remind people. Sure. Exactly. And the song is one way. I guess of
4: that's right. Of doing doing that. projects like this yeah. helps oh, to continue the, her, yeah. the the healing journey. That was
3: the hope was that it would be uh, something that. Uh, people could feel, they could take ownership of.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and also uh, something that you could hang other events around mm-hmm. um, so that you can, you know, you could say, okay, we've got we've got this song. Um, now we can move forward with it. We can use it to inform people. We can use it to entertain people. We can yeah. use it every time we meet. Exactly. We can play this song. To bring That's us together
4: song. as a touch point. Yeah. So it's the power of music, music yes. to, to help us unlock emotions to release yeah. and to to share our experiences, and as you say, to, to educate as well.
0: Because you could talk all day mm. about the issue, but someone could listen to a song and I could maybe even feel they'll feel it. the issue. They'll feel the issue yeah. rather yeah. than think the issue, exactly. yeah. and yeah. that's more powerful. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just, and people that have no experience with adoption could hear it and take something away. I think this mm. is what
3: we're, that's what you hope for. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yep. Um, so in that second workshop, somebody said, "Well, do, do you guys want some backup singers um, <laughs> when you perform this at the event?" Uh-huh. So that was really beautiful, I thought, and we we ran with that idea, um, and and that's sort of what happened. We then had uh, two or three rehearsals um, in the lead up to the event, and unfortunately, then COVID. Came in at the very last minute and we'd had about 70 people who had registered to come to the event and we are mm. going to hear the song and, and um, I think we had more RSVPs than we'd ever had before and then unfortunately government restrictions started to come in. It was really the beginning of COVID so the event went ahead but we had about 30 in the end. Um, it was absolutely bizarre to walk into the room that morning and see all the chairs um, Spaced 1.5. Out. I know, that apart. was the
4: beginning of all the, the new
0: normal. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it was so weird.
0: Yeah. So, um, for, you know, it didn't go exactly as planned and we had hoped the song would reach more people. So this is why I'm very happy to be talking about it on the podcast today because we know we've got listeners all over the world. Oh, wow. And um, and also very, very happy that circumstances permitting, um, we will be having another performance of the song um, yeah, this year. I look year. forward to that. Yeah. So, you know, at the end, before we finish, I'll give some details about that. But I just thought I'd hand over to you again and say, what was that like for you? Again, I was very lucky to be in that group, practicing and performing the song, and I found it healing, I found it empowering. Um, but how do you I think you did help everyone to feel very comfortable in that process and cool. you <laughs> talked a bit already about how you do that. but what was
4: that experience like for you in this instance? so bringing people into the rehearsal of the song because yeah, yeah. not everybody necessarily had any experience at, at singing in front exactly. of others or singing at all, maybe. Yeah. And we wanted to include everyone who wanted to be part
3: of it. So I think this is, this is part of... Because um, we we've got a lot of experience with choirs. Community choirs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Inclusivity. Yeah. Um, this is where I think Catherine, ex- you know, she excels in many, many things, but <laughs> making people feel... That they have a voice and they have the right to use it to express themselves, um, and having people in a group where it's a little bit safer, yeah. um, I think that she's she's absolutely fantastic at that, so i you know i I didn't sort of approach that part of it with any kind of qualms at all I just mm. thought Kath will do her thing
4: yeah and she did <laughs> <laughs> and people were so willing to sing yeah, and that was the other lovely thing when you talk about that moment when somebody at the second songwriting workshop yes. said do you need backup yes. singers to perform this with you that was a great yes. moment because was, for me like, that meant gotcha. they've taken ownership <laughs> exactly. they want to sing they this to song yeah. they want to give voice to this yes. and I think the very act of giving voice to the yes. song is a powerful moment and yes. Um, And for us as songwriters, wow,
3: thank you. Thank you,
4: thank you, thank you. You're you're telling us that you... This is your song. It's not exactly. our song anymore, and and that the handover had happened, Aww. and that's what we wanted. That was,
3: that was exactly that moment. I remember yeah. it because yeah. I think
4: it was Vivian. We're in the room. Because we had that. originally hoped to form a choir, but yes. then there hadn't been many expressions of exactly. interest enough people to make a choir. That's right. But with this group being a backing choir and us doing Jay and I doing the main work of it, yeah. that took the pressure off them because we didn't have right. many rehearsals either. And I think again, it was. Being in the
0: room with the other people and feeling comfortable with you two, that they felt they could do that. Yes. Yeah. When they just saw it on a flyer, oh, join a choir. Whoa! Yeah,
4: like that sounds out that's a there. Deal. That's yeah. pretty scary. Yeah, but and it was actually the organic process. We yeah. were there to lift and support yeah. their their experience yeah. because we're we're professionals. We're used to being out yeah. there in front of an audience, and they could feel safe being exactly. part
3: of. Them. It was the perfect perfect solution to our dilemma of uh, of being able to include people yeah. in the performance. So it actually was you know it was you didn't forest. have to
4: be you didn't have to be a strong confident no. singer. You could just come in and be part of. Yeah. Something. And um, I think that was really beneficial.
0: And one thing I remember actually sharing um, at some point anyway was your thoughts about, I guess, what happens when you're in a group of singers. I'm I'm struggling to put words to it, but it felt... You feel part of something. So it's not just taking ownership of the song and giving voice to it, but it's something that
4: happens between the participants that you feel... Yes, Mm. yes. What would you say about that? Well, there there are some scientific explanations for what happens. Our hearts actually start to synchronize Mm -hmm. their beats to the rhythm of what we're doing because we're breathing together and we're singing the phrases at the same time. So there's this actual synchronization that happens Amazing. to our bodies on a physiological yeah. level yeah. and then there's the, the release of the chemicals, the feel good chemicals that happen when we sing yeah. so we get all those feel good chemicals going around our body, the mm. oxytocin yeah. and everything and that helps us to feel connected to each Amazing. other and it g- gives you a high, it yeah. really does singing yeah. is my drug yeah. and <laughs> singing with other people yeah. increases that because yeah. you get that connection with others It's a
3: really, really good team building yeah. Tool.
4: Mm. But because it was a community of people affected by
0: adoption, it's, so it's not only what you're saying, it's we've already shared. We, yeah. We're in this
4: together. That's it's, right. This yeah. sort of cements it on a yeah. chemical level. Yes. <laughs>
3: I think too that there was some, you know, mm, I don't know how beautiful. many of those folks knew each other um, very um, much.
2: Not so, um, yeah.
3: not so much, but they did. Yeah. They started to form friendships.
2: Absolutely. And
3: yeah. maybe, I don't know. Well, they'd all listen like to, to each to think other. Of it. But yeah. You'd like to think that they were able to support each other in other situations, mm-hmm. and maybe they have and maybe they haven't. But the possibility was there. You could definitely yeah. see people were going off to lunch together, they yeah. were going off at the end of the process. And there were
4: conversations yeah. happening. Yeah.
3: So, again, you know, that even if you've only put two people together who can phone each other and say, hey, I'm having a really bad day you want to have a coffee exactly that's huge. you know that's huge you put people yeah, together and community. that's could yeah. make you could maybe have saved a life who knows
4: absolutely yeah. oh I'm, I I'm a firm agree. believer that yeah. that singing together yeah. and creating community oh. through that sort of experience does save lives yeah. I've seen it happen it's oh, amazing um
0: yeah yeah it's and a I'll,
3: privilege to be around it when it happens too
4: yeah I, I found it a
0: huge privilege to be part of that process um before I sort of conclude and plug our event coming mm-hmm. up I wondered uh, now we will put we'll get some information from you and we'll put it in what we have a podcast notes on our website but is there anything you'd like to say about ongoing like the community choir you've got I'm not sure where it's up to with COVID at the moment but if people hear this and they're not mm. then probably will be affected by adoption but some may not is there things they can get involved with that you're doing?
4: Yeah, depending on their locality. Yes, but even now, because of COVID, yeah. we've actually got a lot of stuff online. Mm. Um, so what's what happened with the shutdown was that all of our choirs stopped being able to meet yeah. um, back in just after the yeah. Lost and Found song was launched yeah. at, at last year's event. Yeah. Um, every, everyone stopped being able to sing together in the same room, which was, you know, Very bad. (laughs) It could have potentially been devastating, but what we did was we took our rehearsals onto Facebook Live and used the Facebook pages for each of our choirs to broadcast a weekly singing rehearsal so each person would be singing at home on their own but be, be singing with us because oh, we yeah. would be singing for them um, so they couldn't hear all the other voices yeah. but they could hear their voice and our voices with them and, yeah. and, and and that was better than nothing Yes. and then in the comments section people yeah. could then interact yeah. with, with in, in the live situation yeah. particularly so you could write a live comment about what we just sung or yeah. oh I'm having trouble hitting that high note and somebody else would go yeah me too, any tips Kath <laughs> and I'd then give some tips on how to sing your high notes. And, you know, it was very interactive, even though it was just us in a room and them on their own at home. And the
3: interesting thing now is that, you know, we're hopefully post-COVID, but who knows, it could, you know, it can rear its ugly head at any moment um, but what we decided to do was that uh, as a result of doing the online stuff mm. was when we went back to live with yep. the choirs in we person, actually yeah. broadcast right. each of the rehearsals yep. so that means that anybody who wasn't able to make it or is yep. not feeling well or whatever they can access that online to be able and to And they look then it.
4: didn't miss out on yes. the rehearsals yes. so, so all of those rehearsals are still on our videos page on each of our Facebook yep. pages yep. so you you can Fantastic. go back and watch a whole year's worth of rehearsals. Yeah, if you the want. other
3: good thing about it is that anybody from anywhere in the world, yeah. if they know the time of our broadcast, yeah. Uh, they which can is a regular thing lives. every week, Amazing. they can actually just join in and be part of it. They won't be heard, yeah. but they can actually partake yeah. And it. they
4: certainly can make comments in the comments oh, section, yeah. even after the live yeah. is finished. You and can it's always comment. nice to find yeah. somebody
3: from Holland.
4: Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've got <had> people <laughs> overseas yeah. joining in, England so it'll or or be morning for them yeah. and it'll be afternoon or yeah. early evening for us and we'd be saying hello to you yes. in Holland, hello in the UK, <laughs> good morning. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Insomni-
3: insomniacs in Alaska. You know? Yes.
4: What are you so, still doing up, Alaska? <laughs> but,
3: but, it, it's just, it, uh, but it's just, in funny. a sense, uh, it, it's now you know, it's it's enabled us to have a global community. Yes.
0: Absolutely. And people
3: can join in. Um, I mean, you know, the the qu- to participate in the choirs normally you have to pay a, a fee. But the online thing, you know, we just sort of yeah. do it because it helps everybody uh, who is in the choir and maybe can't be there, or even just wants to reference it to rehearse part yeah. way through. Yeah, the week I've had whatever. people
4: who come to a rehearsal in person because yeah. we did start back in in-person rehearsals, sort of um, September October time. Um, they'd come to the rehearsal and then they'd go home and they'd listen and to it again more. and exactly. practice. do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So,
3: so, you know, yeah. it's there as a resource mm, and, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we, we're just happy to, it's such a nice thing to have somebody come up in the comments saying, yeah. you know, I'm watching from Paris or something Beautiful. like that. It's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So
4: people around the world are really welcome to engage with our choir work that way. Yeah. Um, and there might be some more projects that we do with jigsaw that we'll, be possible to have a, exactly. a more global reach, perhaps. Exactly. So there's there's planning afoot. Yeah, well, so ideas are happening. Yes, Covid right. has
3: certainly been a challenge, but yeah. it's it's in, in, enabled us to think in a broader concept about how to. Put over uh, what we do, and um, it really has broadened the scope of the, the horizon. Now yeah. is as wide as the world.
0: It's, it's been extraordinary. I agree. It's sort of the same with our podcast, and you know, aside from overseas, regional Queensland, regional yes. Australia,
3: absolutely.
2: Um,
4: not everyone lives in cities.
2: Exactly, <laughs> right. exactly, so, and
4: that can be very isolating. So, so you know, yeah. we need to look at ways to yeah. reduce isolation, yeah. and and the, all of this online stuff is yeah. actually fantastic. As you say, the COVID
3: blessings. Yeah, Yeah,
4: there
2: are many gifts.
3: (laughs) Every every downside has an upside. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd like to let everyone know that our anniversary event this year for the eighth anniversary of the federal government's apology for forced adoption practices, again, circumstances permitting, will be on Sunday, the 21st of March, 2021, uh, in the morning. If you would like to attend, obviously it's it's going to be in Brisbane. So if you're local, um, check out our podcast notes on our website for some more information, or at the end of the episode, you'll hear the phone numbers for Jigsaw and the Forced Adoption Support Service so you can give us a call. Uh, you'll also there'll also be some further information about Kath and Jay in the podcast notes. And look, it's just been wonderful to have this discussion with you two today. We will listen at the end of the episode. We will play the song. Everyone's heard us talking about it, so they can have a listen. Before we do that, we're going to also hear from Vivian and Joyce, who were two of the participants uh, in the workshops, um, involved in the songwriting and in the performance. So we're gonna hear their perspectives. Uh, there are two mothers who have lost children to adoption. And um, so I'd just like to say thank you
3: both for now. My great pleasure. Thank you. Thank Thank you for having
4: us. It's been lovely to talk about it. Yes, it
5: has. Thanks. My name is Joyce Westerman and I lost a child to adoption in 1970. I want to say thank you for inviting me to tell you a little bit about the experiences of the group participants in the songwriting workshops that we attended at Jigsaw late in 2009 and early 2020. And I hope when speaking on behalf of the others in the group, I can express what we all felt at these workshops. I feel privileged to tell you about the songwriting workshops that I attended, along with a small group of first mothers, adopted people and Kathy and Jay, our facilitators. What an interesting way to express what we felt about our experiences of adoption and have what we felt acknowledged. I think I speak for all the group participants that first workshop late last year, uh, sorry, the year 2019, when I say what an emotional experience it was to be able to tell Kathy and Jay openly how we felt about adoption, even though all our experiences were different. The group represented different ages and different stages on the adoption journey. A few of us shed tears when we spoke about various aspects of our personal experience of adoption. And it was great that everyone had a chance to voice their ideas to be expressed in our song. Jay and Kathy were very respectful and were genuinely interested in our input. When we first heard the song in the second workshop, Again, we all felt quite emotional. We felt that Jade captured in the rich imagery of a ship upon the ocean, the meaning of what we had told him about adoption. Although it's been many years since my daughter and I met, hearing the words expressed this way really triggered memories and the emotions of our early relationship. And I suspect that others had similar reactions. Then Kathy got us singing along. Originally, we'd hoped to form a choir, but our numbers were too small. However, one group member suggested we could sing the chorus, which Cathy embraced enthusiastically. Her her enthusiasm carried us along as we joined her and Jay in the singing. I remember the way the energy in the room lifted to a positive high as we sang the chorus for the first time. And that energy continued throughout the rehearsals. Jay and Kathy discussed the lyrics with us and after much discussion in the group we eventually made some small changes in the words. Someone came up with some changes in the final choruses which strengthened the meaning even more. I think all the group members found the words of the song most meaningful. I thoroughly enjoyed the group experience and really appreciated the opportunity to be part of the consultation that allowed this song to be written. And singing the chorus was exhilarating. I hope as you hear the song written by Jay and Kathy, that you will also be moved by the words that expressed our feelings so appropriately. Along with all the group members, I hope we'll all hear a lot more of our song. Thank you sincerely, Kathy and Jay.
6: Hello, my name is Vivian, and I lost my baby girl to adoption in 1980. My daughter found me in 1998. Like Joyce, I would like to thank the Forced Adoption Support Services and the Committee of Stakeholders for organising the unique songwriting event and for inviting me to speak of my experience participating in this project. I have to tell you, I was sceptical on the day. Number one, my thoughts were, why do we need to write a song? This idea seemed a little silly. Outside the box, you might say, this is exactly why I decided to go along and check it out. I sat with a couple of first mothers and a few adoptees. We were introduced to the amazing Jay and Kath and started to share with them our journeys. Jay and Kath immediately had a presence that made me feel warm and safe. They shared how they had written a song for another group and how the song empowered them when they sang it. I sat thinking, okay, maybe this might work. Maybe this is a way we can continue our voice for those touched by adoption. As we shared our stories, Jay and Kath dissected what we shared to create our our song, Lost and Found. For the families that have not found their loved ones, know that when you reach out to other mothers and other adoptees you have found a friend that gets you and supports you even if you are still living in silence. Together we can be strong, together we have a voice. I hope you enjoy the song. Thanks to everyone for making this happen.
2: Small ship, tossed on an ocean of doubt and confusion, heartache and fear, hoping for landfall, but the winds of deception are blowing me sideways, and I cannot steal. uncertain when nobody wins and so much can go wrong Come to know me dreams I have anchored, and we are together holding each other on some friendly shore. All is forgiven, no one forgotten, and love has a voice that is silenced no more. Love i no.
1: For listening to the Adopt Perspective podcast. If you'd like to find out more, go to the podcast page on www.jigsawqueensland.com and you'll find a wealth of information and resources on the website. If you reside in Queensland, you can reach Jigsaw Queensland's Forced Adoption Support Service on toll free 1 800 or you can call Jigsaw on 07 If you live in another state of Australia, you can still call the Forced Adoption Support Service number, and your call will be answered by the Forced Adoption Support Service in the state that you are calling from. In every other state, Relationships Australia operates this service. A big thank you to Matt Sparrow for composing and recording our original theme music. Until next time, I'm Jo Sparrow saying farewell from Adopt Perspective, a podcast for anyone affected by adoption.